Welcome to the Lifelinks Podcast, a Latina podcast for the modern cultura. I'm your host, Consuelo Crosby, Peruana, California native, structural engineer, mother, and your amiga for all things Latina. Here we honor the women who navigate multiple cultures, both aquí and allá, and somewhere in between, providing that safe place for you to speak your truth, celebrate la cultura, and find belonging in this comunidad. Join us every Wednesday on your favorite streaming platform to listen to your new amigas as they share their journeys of lessons learned, barriers they overcome, and the joys of living life with pure authenticity. Encuentras your voice and discover the life meant for you. Hola, chicas! Soy Consuelo here, bringing in happy autumn days to you. And for all you Libras and Scorpios, tis the season with all the reasons to celebrate yourself, your life here, and always follow that passion that's burning in you. This goes for all of us, but just have to give that elevated shout out to mis hermanas that keep you rolling from your summer fiestas to those end of the year parties. Mm-hmm. That tie between? That's us keeping it rolling. So very grateful to have you here with us today and every Wednesday as we open the mic to our amigas who graciously share their story, speak their truth, and celebrate their true identity without hesitation and with all the love. As we are unbelievably nearing the end of the year, I wonder... How many of you have picked up a side hustle? Or maybe you're thinking about it. Or even have a side hustle that you took big. Now, usually we pick up a side hustle for some extra cash. Maybe want to add something special in our lives or just want to live life larger. But what about when you're at the top of your industry? You're earning professional awards and publicly known when you walk out the door. Would you consider picking up a side hustle then? You wouldn't think so. Because at that point, you have everything you ever dreamed of. But today's Amazing Latina did just that. Not for the cash, but out of passion for her beloved home, Medellin, Colombia the world-renowned coffee that it's known for, and the passionate growers who dedicate their lives to it, yet never even get to drink their own premier coffee. This is the story you never hear. The kitchen confidential of the coffee industry. And today, Emmy Award-winning journalist Melissa Sandoval is with us to share how her journey to the peak of her career left her soul needing nurturing. During the pandemic, Melissa followed her intuition, traveled back to Medellin, and discovered the untold story of the coffee growers, monopolized by big corporations and denied the very product of their intelligence and passion. Top-tier premier coffee leaving Colombians the leftovers that we don't even drink here in the U.S. As a journalist, Melissa brought these stories to life 
and took a giant step forward by starting her own coffee business, Intuition Café. She purchases directly from the growers and then provides 10% of her proceeds back to them. Intuition, intuition. In Melissa's words, the whisper of the soul. So lean in with your sustainably sourced cafecito and be amazed at the story you've never heard. So welcome to the Lifelinks podcast, Melissa. We're so happy to have you here and so grateful for you to share your time with us. No, thank you for having me. So we'd love to dive into everything about your story because it's very unique. It's very broad, but also where you are in this current day. But let's start off with what's your heritage and what brought you to where you are today in San Diego? So I'm uh, from Medellin, Colombia, born and raised. Medellin is the second biggest city of Colombia. I moved to San Diego five years ago, but I've been in the States for almost 20 years. But always trying to embrace my culture, very proud of it. And I came to San Diego because of work. I'm a journalist. So I love to tell stories and interviewing people and just being out of the community. So what brought you to the U.S.? So back in the 90s, when there was a lot of problems in Colombia, like the narco industry dominated it, my father was killed when I was three. And when I was seven, my mom also had an accident caused by all of that. So my mom decided three years later that we were going to seek asylum and moving out of Colombia because it's not a safe place right now to raise my child. And we moved to Miami when I was 10. Wow. So grateful for that. That's frightening. Um, really a lot of compassion to you and your mom. So glad to hear. What got you through coming here to the U.S. to something different? not just the location, but the society and how things are here? I think it was a combination of everything because obviously when you move to a new place and especially so young, adapting to it was hard, learning the new language, try to fit in with the other people, the other cultures, specifically Miami where you have so many other cultures. I always see Miami's like the capital of South America. But it felt kind of home at the same time. Because there is such a vague culture of like Latin Hispanics there that even though it's mixed, it was an easier transition. And also because of that, I always kept my Spanish. You bring up a really strong point. That's true. When you're still surrounded by at least the Hispanic and Latina culture, you have a safe place to move into a new society, but with a lot of foundation of what you're accustomed to. So how long were you in Miami then? I lived there most of my life, 14 years. I went to school there. I started college there. And that's where I graduated from journalism, broadcast journalism, as well as photography. Oh, so hand in hand, bringing you to your career. Did you have mentors in the industry? Especially because you're coming to a, a society that's different than yours, a language that's different than yours, and yet you must be innately a storyteller, regardless of the difference in language. 
I definitely did have some mentors on my way, but it was my perseverance of always trying to accomplish that ever since I was like a little girl. I think since I was like seven, I always dreamed of uh, being a journalist. I think I just had it in my blood of always like asking questions, being very intrigued and curious, just uh, willing and wanting to do something with my life. And I never took that for granted, the way that my mom had to come to the United States and fight and struggle. So I think for me, it was like paying her back. Let me be successful. Let me do something with my life. Beautiful. So there was no looking back. You went into uh, journalism and you've been in the industry for a considerable amount of time then in your profession. Yeah, almost 10 years. Oh, congratulations. That's amazing. It's been quite an experience. It's, uh, it has allowed me to be at places and do a lot of things that normal people don't have access to. Different places, interview different people. I, I travel with work and it's been very rewarding. But a lot of stress and a lot of work just comes behind it. Is it difficult to get into? Is that something Latinos can consider? Or is it just a matter of time invested into the career? I think both. It could be very difficult depending on the market that you live in. So let's say like Miami is top three market. So it was very hard for me to start there because I was just a rookie out of college and even though I worked behind the scenes, it was hard to get like a full-time on-camera job. So I had to move to a smaller market and that's when I made the decision to move to Colorado, to Denver, uh, because I just felt that I was a little stuck in Miami, not pursuing what I really wanted to do. I was sitting behind a computer, writing scripts and editing and doing other stuff and doing social media. And I was like, I can do so much more than this. And uh, I remember telling my mom, I was like, if by 25, I don't have this job. I'm going to move out of Miami. And I did. I moved when I was 24. And I was like, I'm wow. just going to go ahead and do it. So I moved to Colorado by myself without even visiting the city for the first time. I just Googled it. Oh, I was like, mountains, it's great. It's beautiful. Let's do it. Wait, know, did you like, have a job? Crazy. Yeah, it was crazy oh that we'd have it because I saw a posting on LinkedIn and I applied. You know how you hit like automatic yeah. application because everything's already set up. I was yeah. like, I'm not going to get it. A month later, they call me and they offer me the position over there. And I have to move there within two weeks to start immediately. So Whoa. in a matter of two weeks, like I decided to completely leave everything behind in Miami. My family, everyone that I know. Then I moved by myself. I remember putting all my clothes in my car, my TV an air mattress and sending my car via transportation. And I flew in with that and not turning back. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, it's, okay, it's in your DNA then because that is like the hardest thing to do when you're already between cultures. And then just to pick yourself up and out of what is yeah. your safest location. Totally. My oh, safe my zone. God. Yeah. Yeah. So I got out of my safe zone and just made the decision to move up and pursue my dream of becoming a journalist. That's when I had like a contract and more official that I was starting the career. It just started growing. And that's when you hit your goal and your dream of being on camera and in the media. Exactly. Oh. Yeah. 
And then two years later, I moved out of Colorado because of two reasons. The first one was because it was too cold. <laughs> uh, I couldn't deal with the snow. The winters were horrible for me, especially coming from Miami. Yeah. And where we always have like summer. Okay. I was like, it's 50. What is this? And then <laughs> I get it four. I'm like, I'm dying. Being out in the streets, recording and doing interviews and dealing oh. with the snow and driving with that. For me, it was just too much. That was the first reason. And second, I was already growing and the market was not growing with me. So I wanted to come to another city, which was bigger. And I also wanted to pursue English journalism and make that jump into English speaking journalism. So that's where the opportunity came here in San Diego to work for a station where we do both English and Spanish. And San Diego has the best climate ever. So ever since I moved to San Diego almost six years ago, I have just been so happy with my work-life balance. I think my goal before was to move back to Miami. But now that I experience like other cities, other cultures, I think I found home in San Diego. Oh, that's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. So leave yourself open and organic. Let's see what happens. Totally. Uh, you hit your goal like you did it. Did you yeah. sit in that a minute? Did you sit there and go, wow, I, I did it and give yourself that grace? There's been definitely those moments where I'd be like, oh, my God, I'm 32 and I've done so much. And I'm like, check, check, check. There's always room to improve and for growth and to do many other things that I haven't done. But I think I'm content and I think I'm very satisfied with what I've accomplished. That now I'm starting to prioritize a little bit more my personal life than work because I was on that fight or flight mindset for so many years. Yeah. Which really would bring up a point for the listeners. Do you think there's an awareness while you're in that hustle mode, that fight or flight and going, going, going? Do you think there is a point of awareness because we run into the brick wall like this isn't sustainable, this hustle yeah. that we don't recognize that we're not going forward? Yeah. Are there absolutely. indicators for you that make you feel like, OK, this is worth it. This hustle yeah. is worth it. Yeah. And I certainly asked myself that question a lot of times, like, is this even worth it? All the sacrifice that yeah. I've done. I've done so much that I can't give up now. There's definitely some red flags when you know that your mental health is not being affected. It's one. Your anxiety, for me, was my anxiety levels. And it showed with insomnia. I was having a lot of trouble sleeping. I was always on the go, always not living in the moment. And, uh, and that hit me when the pandemic happened and we got to slow down a little bit, even though we were essential workers and we were out, still out and about working. But it definitely uh, slowed our pace because then we weren't going live so much. And that was a very, like you said, a breakdown point for me during the pandemic. By the end of 2020 was when I was like, wow, this is real life. Not what I was doing. Like, uh, like this is what real work life should be like. Okay. But I didn't know better. I, I was yeah. so used to it. I got so used to it that I didn't even realize I was living like that. Yeah. It goes with the society, too. Even in the strong surrounding of your own culture, it's already here as a society. And then you come with an immigrant 
mindset to succeed, to make it worthwhile, to, to honor and respect your parents. And that's like a double whammy, but the expectation uh-huh. is the threat. Like if you yeah. don't go, 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 you're going to be left behind. Exactly. Yeah, totally. You have you have your own inner pressure, but then you have society's expectations as well. And you've got to make a decision which one is more important. The expectations people have, your mental health, your ability to do work, but also have that life balance at the same time. So it definitely plays a role. So you're recognizing you're working way too hard. <laughs> you're recognizing that's not sustainable. So there was a moment there for you to take hard pause. And out of that hard pause, something else really beautiful came up. Yeah, I think I was at that point during the pandemic where I was so close to quitting my job because I was just so unhappy with the way I was living life and also how industry was being treated with so many movements going out in real life and how we were being perceived. And COVID changed everything. The way we work, protocols, the company, and so many factors. (laughs) I was at that breaking point where I was like, I need a change. I want to do something different. I want to do something that feeds my soul. And that's when at the end of 2021, I made a trip down to Colombia to visit my family. And I've always been a coffee lover. <laughs> Cheers. Cafecito for life. Cafecito. <laughs> I always love my Colombian coffee. So I went to Colombia and I remember telling my husband, I was like, why don't we go and do a tour of the agriculture and how it's done and, and, you know, like the process. I started asking a lot of questions like a good journalist to the farmers. And I was fascinated with their stories, the way that the big companies and corporations monopolize the coffee industry. Even in Colombia, the most majority of the population don't drink Colombian coffee. Or if they do, they drink really bad coffee. They don't drink like the coffee that's exported. They don't drink the good quality. They don't get to have it for themselves? No, that's how bad it is. Oh, it's wicked. I started having so many questions and I was like, oh my God, their stories are so fascinating. The way that the big corporations and industries have this monopolized that they work them so hard. They get their coffee, their product, they export it and they don't even get paid fairly. I was like, I need to tell their stories and I want to do something different and something that I love. Stories that I feel have a purpose and yeah. need to be told. And that's how the idea came up of um, telling their stories first as a journalist. Then we, my husband and I, we started brainstorming a little bit more. And we came with the idea, why don't we just import the coffee and sell their coffee? And then that way we give back economically and a bigger profit. That's how the idea where intuition they came up. Intuition means whisper of your soul. So for me, it's a very meaningful word because it was like my soul telling me that I needed to do this. I thought about it for so long. It took me like a year and a half to launch the company because at first I was like, is this really what I want to pursue or is this just like a phase that I'm going through? But no. It felt right and it felt that it needed that exposure and it needed that audience. Built everything from scratch. 
that I had no idea. I only knew the part of interviewing and editing the stories. <laughs> that was about it. But I'd never owned my own company. Mm-hmm. And I never really knew about the coffee industry. So I wanted to incorporate those things, the mm-hmm. storytelling of mm-hmm. the farmers and also the selling of their product and yeah. paying them valuably. Mm-hmm. So that's where Intuition Cafe came up. Oh, gosh. Talk about soulful. Definitely soulful. And the connection again. I have to sit there and, uh, you know, like untangle some of these things. First of all, intuition. This is something that must be a part of you already. You have this soulful piece, this intuition that you're feeling the veil is very thin between, you know, what's greater and what's in your immediate human day. Did you have other opportunities to live this part out loud? No, never. But I definitely had it since I was little because now that I think about it, my dad used to own cherries and berries farms. So it goes so tight with my growing that I didn't even realize like I'd always love my culture, even though it's different, it's not copying. My dad died when I was three, like I was telling you. And my half-sister recently showed me a handwritten note that my dad wrote on his agenda back in the days when we didn't know he was going to die. And it wasn't like a letter for me or anyone. He just wrote, and it says in Spanish, Solo hay un grupo de personas que no cometen errores, los que nunca emprenden. So in English it says, there's only a group of people that don't make mistakes, those who decide not to be entrepreneurs or yeah. emprender or, or like yeah. business people. And this is a little note. I love it. Wow. Oh my God. It's going to make me cry. And when I saw this a few months ago, it just felt like he was sending this to me. Like the universe and God always finds ways to send you these little messages. And mm-hmm. through, through my sister, my dad sent me this. It's like, oh, keep going. Keep doing it. Beautiful. Definitely tethered. Yeah, Yeah. definitely. So you've always had your soul wide open in order to receive the intuition, to to receive these feelings that this is the direction to go in. Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah. Even from having had such a heavy hustle, not only the personality to succeed, but also the business, you know, and yet even then, even then your soul is wide open. Yeah, it's kind of giving you goosebumps because this is like your dad, his spirit is still so deep in you and coming out in this. It just feels right. It feels like I was meant to do this and it feels like it was meant to be done. And I still love journalism. I still want to tell people stories. I just feel like I need to expand my platform and do it in other ways and fulfill my soul more than my ego. Because at work, I feel like it's more of like fulfilling that ego. And mm-hmm. there's always good stories and bad stories. But a lot of the times, you don't choose what you want to report on. Right. On this, is like I have the control. It's my baby and I, and I have control of what I want to express, what I want to tell. Yeah. So this is like, they call it a labor of love. This is where you really do put your passion and hustle. Is yeah. the hustle. But the passion, the dedication, because it's for the greater good. How is the response with the growers? At first, they feel very intimidated. They're not Ah. used to talk on camera. It's simply challenging at the beginning. 
But I think I already grew that empathy with work and my experience because I've had to interview people who had relatives died or hard times where I feel like I grew that empathy and I can build that transparency in their relationship to get them comfortable to talk. They love it once they see the video when it edited. Oh, I can see their smiles and I can see they're just so happy with what we're doing. Because it feels like they're getting a little bit of their story, not just like it's coffee and it's growing and it's the company's story, but it's like their story. Mm -hmm. Which is really why we do the podcast, because especially for the entrepreneurs, for the businesses, all the media wants to know about the product and the success of the product and where can you get the product. And Stephanie De La Cruz said it best. She has the ice cream company with the flavors infused with her Mexican heritage. She's like, Consuelo, nobody ever asks about me, Stephanie, but everything I'm doing is about Stephanie. Yeah, it always goes with whoever's running the company. So you have their stories on the YouTube channel. What's the name of the YouTube channel? Is it? It's the same as the website. So intuicioncafe.com. And and it's actually there on the website. There's a button called Every Coffee Bean Has a Story. Ah, so you could go through the website and go directly Mm -hmm. to the YouTube channel and find the videos and and interview. Oh, that's beautiful. I love that. Yeah, absolutely. Life in the U.S. Immediately it was touted Colombian just known to be the better. Being here. They just have the perfect conditions in every aspect. The good altitude, the the terrain is perfect for it. The rain. It's something that's been embraced from, from like generation to generation that it's in our culture to drink coffee. So the father embraces it to the kid and they know how to do it. They're just experts yeah. in Colombia. But also very sad because there's studies that says that by 2050, there's not going to be enough farmers doing these jobs. So we're starting to lose our our growers in Colombia Mm. because now what's happening is that the kids from the original farmers, they're going to the big cities to study and to uh, look for better opportunities and pursue other careers. And so... And with one of our coffees, actually, the 13 and La Trece, that's what that farm is trying to do. They're trying to involve the young from the community mm. to work in the coffee industry. Not just the growers, but also like they can be oh, so to engage the youth who must shop, be drinking their coffee. They have their <laughs> they do, but for them to appreciate path. the um, keeping it as part of the heart of the culture. Um, exactly. You are the experts and this is our, not to see it as uh, commercialized and something unimportant. But So then your company, Intuicion Cafe, you're bringing the actual 100% Colombian coffee as as coffee beans, as coffee ready to use? Yeah, coffee beans already roasted, ready to use. We try to bring coffee every two weeks, FedEx airplanes. So it's very fresh because we bring small quantities. Mm -hmm. But in order to be fresh, it needs to be like that. We're e-commerce still. Yeah. So we don't have a roaster here. And so we bring it already done. The packaging happens here in the U.S. 
and then we sell them nationwide. That's so exciting. Oh my gosh, just to be at the heart of that process, that must be amazing. Right? No, it's beautiful. And when you go over there and you see everything, it's delightful. And I just feel like in paradise. What is the Colombian style of roasting? What can they expect for a flavor or for a, the intensity? So we have specialty coffee. But in order to have that title of specialty coffee, it has to have a higher than 80 points on the grading system that okay. the coffee industry uses. And that's because... The coffee needs to be 100% organic, so oh. no chemicals and no additives. Um, it has to be hand-picked with no machinery. Wow. And it's also cultivated in the highest part of the mountain, which if you know a mountain, the bottom one has broader space and it's easy to have access. But at the top, the altitude, it's, it's higher, of course. The weather, it's more extreme. And the access there, yeah. it's harder. In Colombia, where a lot of the times the coffee growers depend on mules to access that part of the mountain, all of our coffees are medium roast because at a medium level uh, is where you get the most flavor and most aroma. If you over roast it, then it becomes more acidity, more strong. It actually has less caffeine. And when you do a light roast, it has more caffeine. But you don't have that intensity of fruits, of flavors. So okay. right now we have three different flavors and a little bit for everyone. So we have uh, Apollo's Vaux, which is our best seller. It's a combination of red fruits. It has chocolate, chocolatey flavors and almonds. So it's nutty and smooth. It's delicious. And I actually named that coffee after my dog that passed away, oh. Apollo. I try to do everything with a purpose. So yeah, and the brand yeah. is very aligned with like spirituality yeah. and wellness yeah. and mindfulness. Then we also have La Trece, the 13th, mm -hmm. which is yes. a coffee that comes from a region named La Comuna Trece, which is right now one of the most touristy places in Medellin. Back in the 90s, it was a region monopolized by the narco industry. Now you have graffiti, shops, music. And at the top of the mountain, then you have the farmers cultivating uh, the coffee. So let's go back then, because you touched again on the intuition and how it's a very spiritual weave constantly, not only through your life, but through this company is very much because you did in that year and a half of planning have a very specific start date. Yes. What was that? So we started doing everything that that we thought was necessary to launch. But with full-time job and with life, it was very hard to put everything together into place. So I set myself a deadline. I was like, no matter what, I'm going to launch this company on 11-11. So it was 11-11-2022. <laughs> and um, of course, we I mean, I chose that day because it's, uh, of course, 11-11, it's meant to feed a successful, positive, and overall good number, you yeah. know, prosperity. Gosh. Yeah. Intuition, see, but it's, it's also very intentional. Everything has a purpose behind it. Yeah. Very intentional. With the purchase of the coffee bag, 10% of it goes back to the farmers. Oh, beautiful. Directly. Not only are you purchasing from them, but you're also additionally giving back again. Exactly. After people purchase it here. And it's calling like the, the outside energy, outside powers 
to be involved in this with your dad, his spirit, like the messages. And even like the, the brand, like the design of the bag, uh, one of the sites that has all the, the symbols from spirituality, that third eye from intuition yeah. and your third eye. Um, it says Columbia on one side big because I wanted to like incorporate both. You know, I always wanted to like show off my culture and be like, hey, this is coming from there. But at the same time, it's a different kind of like feeling, you know, I always say yeah. like coffee for the soul. Right. No, and they don't want to be part of something that's taking advantage of people mm -hmm. or resources or damaging exactly. native, you know, the native homes of people. They don't want to have that on their 100%. hands. 100%. Yes. Yeah. 100%. Some of us are going to Colombia, Medellin. Yeah, I'm so excited. I waited my whole life. If you're paying attention, if you're really being a traveler in this world, you don't go to a country if there are limited resources, if they're healing, if they're like Maui right now, you know, and they're talking about people are snorkeling in the ocean. So I waited for a moment where I felt, okay, Colombia is open to people coming, to being part of the tourism, part of the culture. So can people go to the coffee plantations? Yeah, 100%. Oh, exciting. Yeah, it's actually one of those biggest touristy businesses growing now because of awesome. that, because people are becoming so conscious of how the coffee is yeah. run, where it's coming from, and all these farmers already made uh, available. So oh, yeah, awesome. you can awesome. definitely do that. They can take you a la comunidad and then you have the whole tour experience, and you get to see like the graffiti, and you go up the stairs, and then you see the plantations. They give you some tastings and you see the whole process. It's very beautiful. Unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. I'm like you. The whole spirituality behind that moment. I'm going there with the intent of this is my big birthday, setting the stage of my life to be with a really soulful, powerful start from the earth, from the people for the country? What are you hoping when it comes to actual coffee production, coffee culture, I would say? What does the modern coffee culture maybe look like for you? Uh, that's a really good question. I think I hope for everyone who's drinking our coffee, not just mine, but any coffee from Colombia, that they really appreciate how it's being done and where it's coming from. Uh, that they take a moment and realize that, you know, the hands that are making all of this production available, they're working people, they're humble people, and it's a community that they they embrace from generation to generation and that probably that was like their only way of income. It's very special because they take a lot of pride in it. They take yeah. a lot of pride. So I really hope that people have that into consideration and that they... Learn to drink not just good coffee, but drink coffee that is paying their farmers a sustainable price. This is all about story. The podcast is about story. Your entire career is about story. Your entire person, your soul has always been the storyteller. What part of your story, Melissa, would you want listeners to carry with them? Something that I would love listeners to really keep is going with what your soul it's telling you to do and what your soul is needing and feeding that heart, not the ego and not the perspective from society and the expectations that they, a lot of the times I say, and it's a joke, but it's true. I'm like, yeah. I'm on TV during the week and, I'm, and then some other days I'm a coffee seller. Like 
humbly, <laughs> very humbly experience. And <laughs> I'm so proud of it. Always be your soul because that at the end, it's what's going to keep you happy. Yes, yeah. I love that. That is so beautiful. It's so you, but a powerful message from someone who does live both sides of that. And you see the power in both sides and you see possibility and the blessing of being human to be able to have, yes, that analytical, let's make things happen. Let's share these stories. It's important to share people's stories. But then for yourself, what's keeping you fueled and sustainable in your spirituality? 100%. Oh, my Lord. This is such a beautiful episode. Thank you. If you guys are ever in San Diego, follow our Instagram because we do a lot of pop-up events. And we also do a lot of yoga with coffee tasting. We do it every two months. Uh, we do it at Sunset Clips. You have the ocean, the breeze, and the sound of the waves. We are oh doing the gosh. yoga, and then we have the coffee there available for okay. people to try it um, and for the, for the purchase yeah. as well. Wow. Get your day started with intuition. So we have to pay attention. We have to schedule our, our San yeah. Diego adventure around this. And also to meet totally. you in person. Yeah. <laughs> and then we can have a little cafecito. Oh, my God. That would be amazing. Where do you see in your dreams, in your soul, taking Intuition Cafe in, yeah. in the future? What's your manifestation for the company? So at the beginning, I really wanted my own coffee shops mm, and okay. have a space where people work and uh, get together, enjoy the coffee, but also probably like have a space where you can practice yoga at the end of the day, like, you know, over the table. <laughs> that, I mean, I still would love that. Sure. But I've tried now after a few months to, even though like I have set goals by the end of the month and stuff, I try to let it flow and see where it takes me. Okay. And instead of being so in control and having that and goal at the end because yeah. I think that's the way I manage my career at first. Like, mm. this is my goal. I'm going to get there, <laughs> here, here, there. I'm going to do this and that. And I just wasn't happy and enjoying the process. And when I got there, it's like, okay, I did it. Now what? Oh. So now with the company and the coffee, I'm trying to like let it flow a little bit more and, and let the universe take control of where it takes me, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That is a Beautiful sentiment, staying open to whatever comes into yeah. your life and be ready to move with it because exactly. you don't have that set of expectations. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Wow. That's actually a really powerful business. You know, yeah. Business Maybe mentoring. not the smartest, but I don't know. Let's I mean, see. I think it leaves you open and aware what is wanted from your company, also by yeah. the outside forces, because what we have in mind or putting ourselves out there in our product, in our businesses, is you know, different than what we realize the need is. Exactly. And so you can be shifting yeah. your business with the no flow, worry. right? Yeah, right. yeah, it could change in so many mm -hmm. ways. And I'm open to explore different ideas. But for sure, yeah. I know I want to keep telling the farmer's stories. Yeah. I want to keep interacting with people and collaborating with different brands and other yeah. uh, small businesses here in San Diego and all over the nation. 
Uh, so for sure, keep bringing good quality coffee, keep sharing their stories and keep having that one-on-one relationships and interactions with the community. For sure, keep doing that. Yeah. That's like the base, the foundation. Yeah. And then everything else that costs, whole cup. Oh, God. Yeah. Yes, it will. Yes, it will. We put it out there to the universe. Amen. It is going to happen. <laughs> it is going to be exactly as it's intended. And oh, my God, so many blessings and so much appreciation yeah. for you, Melissa, and, and telling you. us your story yeah. and giving us so much beauty in a, in a discussion of business. <laughs> I right. <laughs> love the Latina mentality when it comes to leadership and business ownership. So rooted in the soul, so rooted in the community, so rooted in turning it back to ourselves, not making it cheap on ourselves for other people. I love it. Totally. 100%. No, thank you, Consuelo. Thank you for the space. Thank you for allowing me to share the story, my culture, and, and to give a little bit of myself. Absolutely. It's a blessing. This is a really powerful episode. I really appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. So grateful for this opportunity. And what you're doing is also very important and giving the Latinas the space, their voice. It's also very powerful, very important. So very grateful and just taken back by Melissa's story. From seeking safety here in the U.S. at 10 years old, after her father was killed in the turmoil in Colombia, to soaring to her career heights and still seeking a greater story of advocating for the coffee growers of Colombia. I don't think I can ever buy coffee again from a corporation. It makes me feel so dirty. I'm still shocked by these unfair practices and definitely, definitely don't want to promote it. So look to buy directly from Intuicion Cafe at the online store at intuicioncafe.com and be a part of supporting Colombia coffee growers y la cultura as they fight to keep the very coffee they spend a lifetime growing. Now, in case you noticed any warbling in the recording when Melissa talked, I just have to say, the spirits in this world are with her constantly. Just saying, she's a goddess that is walking this world. So join us next week for the Pod Club episode of today, which is a little different because we're bringing you, yes, a story of Colombia, but this time emphasizing the importance of treasuring our ancestors' knowledge by understanding its power. We will step you through the amazing feat of four Colombian children surviving 45 days in the Colombian Amazon rainforest after their plane crashed, killing all the adults on board. The oldest was 13 and the youngest 11 months. And as you heard, there will be even more stories coming next month as I journey to Colombia to celebrate my big birthday amid the magical, passionate cultura de Colombia. Take a minute to share this podcast with your friends and ask them to subscribe or follow so that you don't miss any episodes of the amazing Latinas that share their world with us. Check out our IG, our Instagram, at lifelinks, that's L-N-X-X, 
Well, you'll have a quick grab to the show notes, and you can follow along for the quotes and the reels from this episode, and let your amigas know of this opportunity to join a comunidad where they can find belonging in living their authentic selves. See you in October next week. It's birth month. <laughs> Step into your truth, ladies. Ciao. Really appreciate the time we take to rate and review the podcast. Get the backstory and what you've heard here today and reach out on our website at lifelinks.com. That's L-N-X-X. Because it's about time, it's about us. Stay in the groove on our social media at Lifelinks and get ready to make your move, ladies. Viva!